1: There's there's a couple of things I just wanted to to pick up on there that you mentioned that I just thought were so eloquently put. The foundation for why people have uh, issues with with mental health or mental health conditions or you know uh, diagnoses can be so different. In in one case it might be the nutritional component, and one you know element it could be a childhood component a psychological component a pain component a connection component. there's so many different components and and what we're, what you're talking about in your book is you know one component very important very you know critical to address across most people but just one component because you're a specialist in a field that is so so complex and i don't think people appreciate that it can't just be a pill for every ill diagnosis
0: yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it's, it's hard because medications in some ways have been so stigmatized and, and I think talked about by a lot of people who either don't use them well or individuals mm-hmm. who understandably don't like them because they've had a bad experience or a bad side effect or have had a family member um, you know, have either weight gain or, or you know, had even worse depression. And so yeah. you know, I certainly appreciate those criticisms. I think at the same time as you're saying, when, when I think about my job, my job is eliminating depression as quickly mm. as possible. And so nobody wants that, some, you know, until that job is done, um, I'm sitting with somebody who's really depressed. Mm. And and that's um, that's hard to, I would say it's hard to, yeah, it's hard to tolerate in some ways as a doctor to learn to because it doesn't go away right away. As anybody with mm. severe depression knows or resistant depression knows, you can be doing everything right. You can be eating lots of kale, pesto and, and, and wild salmon and anchovies and, and still maybe need to uh, get into a therapy around a trauma you have or a trauma that maybe people don't even see as a trauma, right? Like Mm. you were raised in a wonderful household and everybody thought it was great, but actually it was really cold on the inside of that house. Mm. Um, And just, there wasn't a lot of hugs, you know, that really influences how people love, how people care for themselves, how people nourish themselves. And so that's the kind of work I hope that people will be encouraged to do. And as you say, food is one aspect. I think one of the things that excited me about nutritional psychiatry when I really started this journey over a decade ago now was it's one of those aspects that just hasn't been talked about. I mean, I talked yeah. to some of you know, have incredibly interesting, very smart, very educated patients who is news to them. They haven't really yeah. ever thought about and they know. And it's what's also strange to me, really is everyone knows we emotionally eat. Like, oh, what are you doing? Like, oh, comfort food. Like, I'm down. Yeah. Or, yeah. No key. <laughs> Right. That, that we all know when we're anxious, what do we eat? But there's also this weird disconnect. That we don't kind of think about the, our brain as this just incredibly complex, nuanced, mm. you know, gift, miracle that we've been given. Like you won the lottery, you have a human brain; it can do mm. anything. Mm. Um, that you know, it does better on certain foods. We we uh, and in certain foods are really toxic to it. Anybody who's drank too much alcohol, good case in point. Mm. So um, you know, but I, I do hope that. Uh, my work and, and the effort of lots of nutritional psychiatrists um, and the researchers like Felice Jacka, a um, mm. you know, wonderful researcher uh, who did the SMILES trial, really the first randomized trial around um, using food to treat depression, uh, Umanadu at Harvard. So there's, you know, I, I think it's a growing movement. And, and mostly I just want people to hear today that as we are all struggling with human emotions of depression and anxiety. But that's different than a clinical diagnosis. And I think what I always want to be clear about is that clinical depression and anxiety really merits and deserves clinical treatment. The symptoms of depression and anxiety really deserve a strategic plan for your mental wellness and mental fitness for you, just as a person. That those are kind of some of the hurdles I think for everyone of how do we how do we deal with all of the anxieties that we have, especially now in the world and still function and in some ways enjoy our lives. And that's a huge challenge right now. How do we be surrounded by all of the grief and pain and death and fear that's going on and still have gratitude? And and so it's, you know, it's not like food's going to solve any of that, but, but I do think that having your brain nourished in a way that tilts it towards more optimism. And then also that action helps. We, you know, you start the run you're like, Oh, you finish the run, all those moments you wanted to stop, you didn't, you feel amazing. And that's not yeah. endorphins. That's, that's, that's a basic, simple principle of human psychology that humans love to be loved. And even if that's self-love, we love that too. We're just like, yeah, human, human brains are needy beasts that way. And, uh, and that's kind of what makes them, I guess, sort of wonderful and in constant need of connection.